Well, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. I want to begin by asking, what is faith? Why do you think with me about that? What is faith? Is faith optimism that everything will work out fine? Is faith confidence that the stock market's going to rise tomorrow? Is faith the assurance that the sun will come out again tomorrow? Is it the courage to face some seemingly insurmountable obstacle? I mean, what is faith? Is it a deep-seated belief in yourself? Is it a deep-seated belief in someone else or maybe in God? What, what is faith? I was thinking about that uh, for the last... I've been thinking about it for, for weeks uh, here as I've been preparing for today and the series that we're beginning today. But uh, I ran across a story, a true story. Last year, a 42-year-old man went skydiving without a parachute, without a wingsuit. Okay? Here he is. So right after he jumped out of the plane, real photo when he did it. Notice anything unusual about his back? He's jumping for 25,000 feet out of a perfectly good airplane, okay, with no parachute. And I don't know if you can see that little square on the bottom there, but that is a 100-foot by 100-foot square net that he's aiming for. His name is Luke Akins, and believe it or not, he made it. He made it. Is that faith? You think like I think. That's not faith. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's certifiable crazy is what that, that is right there. Here's my point. There are a lot of things in our world right now that are called faith. Some of them crazy. Some of them legitimate. But here's the thing. In a world where the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith, it's kind of important that we understand what faith even is. Because a lot of stuff is called faith that's just certifiable. And someday we're all going to stand before a living God who is merciful, yes, but He has expectations of us. It's important that we understand what He thinks faith is. And so that's what this series is really going to be about. In the next several weeks, we're going to be, I've entitled it, uh, Help Me Understand Faith. Every one of us needs to understand faith as God defines it. And so uh, we're going to be working our way through uh, what faith looks like from God's perspective. I'm going to try to make it simple. I'm going to try to make it something that we can all get our minds around, understand, and live out. And today, I want you to see from the Bible that faith, from God's perspective, the essence of faith is a choice to learn from and follow Jesus. Did you hear what I said? Faith, in essence, is a choice to learn from and follow Jesus. If I had to shrink all of that down even to two words, I would say from God's perspective, faith is following Jesus. What do I mean by that? I have a shadow, which I don't know if you can see it very well because of the way it's aimed right now, but it kind of hangs back here. If I move like this, what happens? My shadow follows me. Right? 
I, I don't move this way. I don't move this way and my shadow go that way, right? My shadow follows me. The essence of faith is you and me learning to follow Jesus like that. And Scripture shows this over and over again. And for the next few minutes, what I want to do is highlight several instances, some Instagram moments, if you will, in people's journey of faith in the New Testament. And I don't want you to take my word for this. I want you to listen to what the Bible has to say about this because that's what really matters. The Bible's like a bigger deal than me, okay, than all of us who teach it. So I want you to listen carefully to what it says, and I want you to reflect on this because I'm going to highlight several passages of Scripture this morning, but... Honestly, if you read the New Testament, and if you just bothered to circle every time the word follow shows up, you would be stunned, as I was, just going back and relooking at all of this. So uh, just follow along with me in a few of these instances. Uh, no pun intended there, for those of you who are with me. Um, follow along with me. Note the passages, I hope. The first Instagram moment, the first, the first passage is really Matthew chapter 4. Verse 18, you can use your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. The passage says this, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, and notice what he says, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. They kind of... Got in behind him, sort of, sort of like ducks, geese. You know, you got mama duck and you got the little, they just kind of start following. It's kind of what they start doing. A little farther up the shore, the Bible says, verse 21, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them too. And they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. I want you to notice in these verses that Jesus' message to Andrew, Peter, James, and John was more than to say to them, I want you guys to believe me. Did you notice? He didn't say believe me. He wasn't trying to intellectually convince them. What he was saying to them is he was saying, follow me, follow me, which requires faith. If you have a teenager, you know that you can have an intellectual discussion and you have a teenager who agrees with you and then turns around and does what? The opposite thing you just said. Because on some intellectual level, they can reconcile. They agree that what you're saying is the right thing to do. They're just not going to do it, right? They're going to do their own thing. And we got a world full of adult adolescents right now, you know, some of whom who look around and they see what's going on in the world and say, oh, I know what the right thing is to do. I'm just not going to do it. And Jesus is saying, no, what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to follow me. Follow me. That requires faith. That is faith that's visible in action. Another Instagram moment, Matthew 4, verse 23 and following. Just keep reading in the text that you're in. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the, God, uh, the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And I just want you to notice it's important. He healed every kind. It's power over it all. I mean, he's not, it's not like he can heal fevers, but not cancer. He can do it all. It's important that we understand that. 
healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds, what does it say? Followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, as some translations say, the Decapolis, which, is, which means ten towns. Uh, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from east of the Jordan River. Here's the point of these verses. If, if you're looking at it through the lens of faith, people's faith in Jesus was revealed by the fact that wherever Jesus went, whatever their stage of spiritual development was, they followed him. They followed him. They came to listen and learn from him, and they came for help and healing, which every one of us who follows him does that at some time along the way. We're all coming to him for, for wisdom, for help and healing. I mean, we're following him. I just want to say, if that's you today, if that's where you are, you're in an early stage of your spiritual development, literally you're just trying to listen to what he has to say. Good for you. I mean, God looks at that and says, here's somebody who's, who's trying to follow me. He's good with that. He likes that. But faith is seen by the choice to follow. Third Instagram moment, Matthew 7, verse 24. Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount. He's been going through it. I should say he's at the tail end of it. He's wrapping it up in Matthew 7. And he's been teaching for some time. He's given all these instructions about purity, all these instructions about how to live, and the golden rule is embedded in that, and what to do about judgmentalism is embedded in that. On and on, the, 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 his wisdom and understanding of how to relate to people and God is astounding. People were astonished at the things that he said. And he sums it all up this way at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And here's his conclusion. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Now, just indulge me for a moment. Who, who's the wise guy here? Who's the wise person? So it's, it's significant. He starts out by saying anyone. Some translations say whoever. Which is just to say it doesn't matter, your gender is irrelevant, your ethnicity is irrelevant, your, your degree of education doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, whoever, anyone, if you're gay or straight, pick your category in our day. He's saying, if you will listen to my teaching and orient your life around following me, according to what I'm saying, you're wise. You're wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Jesus proved that he was open to anyone following him when a, a few days later, the Bible says, Matthew 9, 9, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in his tax collector's booth. Just let me parenthetically insert that these people were viewed, I mean, they were traitors. They'd sold out the homeland. I mean, they were working for the other guys. Made their living by extorting they were so underpaid that they had to extort people. Have you ever been to Mexico and gotten pulled over? 
many of you saying no. Some of us have. And you start inquiring why. Well, you were, you were speeding in this area. You were staring at the speedometer. You were not speeding. Oh, you, you, didn't, you didn't turn your blinker on. Yeah, I did at the turn. It was, in fact, it's still on, you know, as you're sitting here. What, what is the point? I mean, they make their living. Some of them are just so underpaid, they make their living by extorting money out of their own populace. This is, this is who Matthew is. Only worse. But look what Jesus says to him. Follow me. Follow me. Come be my disciple. Jesus said to him, and so Matthew got up and followed him. I'd love to have been around because I imagine there were a few sidebar conversations and just didn't make it in the biblical text between Jesus and the other disciples who weren't sure about this Matthew guy. But Jesus gave him the exact same opportunity he gave everybody else. And Matthew's faith was revealed by his choice to follow, remember the shadow, to follow Jesus, to get in line behind him. To learn what he knew, to begin to live like he lived, to to speak like he spoke, to think like he thought, and to to behave like he behaved. Two more passages, two more Instagram moments, because I could literally spend hours just working our way through the Gospels this morning like this. Matthew 16, verse 24, 25, Jesus said to his disciples, if any, any of you wants to be my follower, let me just say this. Some translations say right there where it says follower, it says disciple. Any who wants to be my disciple, you, you know why it says that in some other translations? Because literally the word follower means disciple. I mean, it's, they're in, interchangeable. They mean the exact same thing. You could have begun by saying, Jesus said to his followers. You could have said it that way, it would have worked. But for the translators, they kind of invert them. So they either say disciples or followers so that we don't get all confused as we read. And so he just says, the scripture says, Jesus says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, my disciple, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow, be discipled, you could say, by me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll find it. Jesus was just saying to everybody, the essence of being a disciple of his, the, the heart of what it means to be a Christian is not to sit in blue chairs on a Sunday, as important as that is. It's not to tithe every week or every month of your income, as important as that is to the advancement of God's kingdom. It's, it's not a whole lot of things that we think of. The essence of being a, a disciple of His is for you and me to leave behind our ways and to choose His for ourselves. To become His follower, where we follow Him. And that is the kind of faith that pleases God. One last passage, just after Jesus was betrayed by Judas and arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible describes a scene this way, Matthew 26, verse uh, 57 and following. And this is one that some of us probably ought to ponder a bit. He says, the people, the Bible says, the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the, the elders had gathered. 
Remember the scene. Remember the scene? This is right after Jesus is, is betrayed. He's arrested and taken to Caiaphas' home. And verse 58 says, Meanwhile, Peter followed him, what's it say? At a distance. Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. I want to make this point. From a physical perspective, Peter was following at a distance for safety's sake. Those are spiritual implications to what's going on here in the text as well. Is, is there any prophetic implication to what's taking place here? I want you to think with me about this. If the essence of faith is a choice to learn from and follow Jesus, would following him at a distance be a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad deal, right? The Bible really answers that question this way. Do you remember what Peter did as he warmed himself by the fire in Caiaphas' courtyard. What did he do? Three times he denied Jesus. Distance is dangerous if you are a follower of Jesus. The essence of faith is a choice to learn from and follow Jesus up close, personal, consistently, day in, day out. It's, it's trying to walk in step with him every moment of every day. That is faith. That's what faith looks like from God's perspective. Is that easy? One word answer for that, no. Because every one of us has this little rebel inside of us that doesn't want to conform, you know. We think we know better. And most of life is you and me learning, no, I don't know better, and humbling myself, and day after day after day, choosing to follow him. I have to admit that I'm personally very thankful that Jesus isn't asking all of us to jump out of an airplane without a parachute at 25,000 feet. He's not asking us to do crazy stuff like that. Meaningless risk to life and limb. He's not asking for that. But it's clear from Scripture that he is asking us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross daily, to follow him. He's saying, I want you, I want you, every one of you, to follow me, to be my disciple I know this morning every one of you has been listening as we've been talking about all this and listening to the words of Jesus from the pages of Scripture, but the real question is, will you choose to follow him? Will you choose the wise path? I'm going to have a special song that we're going to sing for you this morning. It's, it's really a, a wonderful song, and I, and I just think as you listen carefully to the words, if you'll just listen with the right spirit, if you'll just... just have an open spirit to what God wants to say to you through this song. I can't help but believe that he will touch your heart deeply. It's, the lyrics are fantastic. The music is great. But what God, I believe, wants to say to you and say to me through it uh, is even better. So as our, our musicians and vocalists come, I just invite you, open your heart.
listen to what God might have to say to you. Let's bow our heads together. I'm going to pray for us, and then they're going to lead us in this song, all right? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you care deeply for us. That it wasn't enough to look at our lives and just see mankind wandering all over the place, doing whatever seemed right to them. But you, Lord Jesus, you took upon yourself flesh and you came to show us an example of how to live. What God the Father had in mind, what what he and you imagined for mankind before the foundations of the earth and before sin entered into it. We're so sorry for what we've made of it. We're so sorry for the, for the rebellion that we ourselves struggle with, even those of us who've chosen to follow you. But as we think of what it means to live out our faith, help us, God, to choose to follow. Give us courage to trust you and follow you and to give over to you all that holds us back. As you listen to the lyrics of that song, you just think about you. This makes me think of Peter and Andrew and James and John who left behind their nets. Other passages. One guy came up to Jesus and said, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus looked at him and said, Son of man doesn't have... Foxes have holes and birds have nests. Son of man doesn't have a place to lay his head. The guy turned around and he wouldn't leave it behind. man who was very rich came to Jesus and said, what, what do I need to do to be good? Je- Jesus looks at him and said, only one good is good, and that's God the Father. But since you've asked, Jesus says, obey the commandments. That's where he begins. Obey the commandments. Why? Because, he, because that, we're to follow him. That, that's what it looks like. That's not an Old Testament thing that's irrelevant in our generation. No, it's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, obey the commandments. The guy says, I've done this since I was like little ones back over here in the corner. Little baby. Been doing that my whole life. Jesus says, that's good. He said, here's one other thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Come and follow me. Wouldn't leave it behind. It's interesting, the disciples say after that, you know, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you. Jesus says, I promise you, you've given up houses or lands or fathers or mothers or children or careers, and you go, hey, just this long lands. You'll get many times more in this life and the life to come. I'll fill you with joy, I'll fill you with my presence give your life meaning come follow me he says his point was not that everybody has to give away literally everything that was not his point we get hung up on that in our generation that doesn't mean that for somebody he may not say to do that but it is to say that that's not the primary point he's making the primary point is is will you will you come follow me will you demonstrate your faith by being my shadow and doing what I do and and living like I live and following my example and valuing what I value and loving who I love and serving who I would serve and 
That's what faith looks like. And he's saying to every one of us this morning, come, leave it all behind. Leave everything else behind. Follow me. I believe his dream for the world is for believers to believe what he actually said and do it. We live in a world where churches gather like this. We hear Jesus appeal and we think, oh, that's interesting. Isn't that a novel thought? When he's saying, no, come follow me. Follow me. Help the poor. Love the disadvantaged. Challenge the world to follow me. Proclaim my salvation to everyone you come. Announce my death until I come. And we just... We don't want to follow. I'm asking you. I believe he's asking you. Will you you follow? Will you follow? And it's not a statement of this is going to be easy... It's a statement that this is the path to joy and life and transformation and meaning and hope. Seeing God at work in your life in ways that won't happen any other way. He's saying, come, follow me. Will you come? Will you daily decide that you'll come? I'm going to ask you to stand with me over closing prayer. And maybe as we wrap up today, what we need to do is maybe before you walk out today, you need to look to somebody and just say, hey, today I've decided I'm going to come. I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow. You want somebody to pray for you about that? We'd be happy to do that. But will you follow? Let's bow our heads and pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Happy to pray for any of you afterwards. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your patience with us, your mercy toward us. But we thank you for Scripture, which gives us clarity of discernment of what it is that faith looks like. And it looks like us following you. Not just by wearing a great big C on our chest for Christian, but it really is about us imitating your way of life and serving as you would serve and doing what you would do if you were in our place physically. And, Lord, we want to do that, but we know apart from ourselves we can't do that. We know that there are people around us who would look at us and think we're crazy if we do that. And you're still saying, come, follow me anyway. Regardless of who comes with you, regardless of what they think of you, regardless of the implications of it, you're saying, leave it all behind, follow you. Just follow And not from a distance, but up close. We might see all that you do, because when we're close to you, that's that's where the action is. Help us, God. Help us to make that choice. Help us to be close to you. Thank you that you want to be close to us, and you've invited us to that. Help us to follow. Now, would you go with us as we leave this place, and would you lead us, help us to follow you, to listen for you, 
to do as you would do. And Father, as good happens, we'll give you credit for the good that results. This is our prayer. We lift it in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed with me and said, Amen. Bless you all.